This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Whippets. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. And no, I don't mean bands that are really great to listen to while you take whipped cream cans and blast them in your mouth to give yourself a momentary high. No, when I say whippets, I mean songs like Devo's Whippet, that are so huge, they're bigger than the band that made them, Devo, in their own way. I mean... You may not know who Devo is. You may not have heard of their music. But the moment somebody says, you know, the band that did da-da-da-da-da, suddenly you know, oh, them, yeah. There's a whole subsection of songs that are like that. They're just almost big on their own. And I'm going to start calling them whippets and try and make it something that people say normally, you know, like, like, like those expressions that people make up to try and get other people to say them, like... On the Square, I think, is one that uh, hasn't taken off yet, but maybe Whippets will. I don't know. Anyway, here's our show. Listen to it. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey. This is Eric. What's up? Hey, Eric. This is Brian. Uh, this is Chris. Hi. And we're magnificently well, huge. We are. The podcast all the time. that keeps podcasting. <laughs> all the Whether time you podcasting. listen or not. 24 yeah. hours yes. a day podcasting. Yeah. We're like <laughs> the opposite of the morning zoo in that we yeah. rarely do this, and when we do, no one cares. Or whatever. <laughs> oh, no one cares about the morning zoo either. Jesus. Oh, oh, I'm mistaken then. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We're important. Yeah. Unlike the morning anyway, zoo. Anyway, um, well, welcome back after our uh, brief hiatus of life yeah. and stuff. I had the COVIDs. Right? I had the COVID- COVIDness. Are you? It was are, fun. <laughs> are you looking forward to the uh, the long COVID, or or did you have short COVID? That was the long. I mean, mine went like three weeks or so. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to go longer than that. Well, I mean, no, no. There's I thought a, long COVID was like the lingering effects for months or years. Yeah. Oh, really? Which, but, yeah. Which oh, I had. Yeah. I just had a COVID. Then it was just <laughs> just lo- a long cold. Maybe just the one know. COVID. So did you actually test positive for it? Is that how you know? Or you just assumed? Oh, I just assumed because I've never had anything that made me sick for three and a half weeks. So. Oh, okay. Mm. Except maybe that time you were on heroin. Eh. Huh? But eh? I had all of the, I had all of the, 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 what do you call them? Symptoms. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yes. good enough. Because okay. I kept taking the mm-hmm. simple test and it kept saying I didn't have it. And they were like, take a PRC test. And I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. So, Okay. So you, you quarantined. Well, you made it through. We're you're glad good. you're better. Yeah. P- PMRC? That's, uh, yes. Yeah, that's exactly yes. what it is. Part of poop <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Anyway, uh, COVID, sickness, illness, not good. Uh, don't do it. Yeah. At least it wasn't monkeypox. So you got that going for you, which is Is nice. that a real thing? Yeah, that's a real thing. Nobody made that up, except maybe Fauci. 
it sounds like something <laughs> yeah, someone would make up. <laughs> yeah, it's a hoax. Yeah, like, okay. It sounds like a 2D scroller now on the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Monkeypox now on Sega Genesis. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, and you like throw shit at bad guys and zookeepers. Yeah. Who yeah. flung poo? <laughs> you did. Monkeypox on Sega Genesis. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, we've been out of it for a few weeks. Uh, anybody been watching or reading or doing any fresh shit? This shit is fresh. I gotta say something. I watched No Time to Die. Okay. Ugh. Oh okay. boy. Yeah. Okay. I, did I finally watch it. I've seen and it. And I gotta say, I almost thought it was good until I realized how emotionally manipulative that film was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like they. The, yeah, they took all of like they, the they, like. Die Another Day did the 50th anniversary, so they tried to just shoehorn in every nostalgic reference. Like, just But they try and trick you into thinking that this was meaningful shit. Yeah. When really, it was as bad as the last three Bond films were. Uh, it's just, you know, in the end, he dies. Yeah. That's that's the only thing. Should I have said spoiler? Which, um, I mean, oh, if you haven't whatever. seen it by now, nobody cares? Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen it by now, honestly, just don't. Yeah. So whatever. Here's I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 by the end, I'm like, oh, dude, they just killed him. Wow. And then they're like, yeah. the rest of it is very sort of wah, 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 funeral music, denouement yeah. for the for, for the film. And then I'm like, yeah, but everything leading up to this was who gives a shit? Yeah. Guy who who with a scarred face who hates uh, Spectre every bit as much as James Bond does kills them all, and then. Him, you know, it's it's yeah. like nothing I really was, happened. It's the weakest yeah. Doctor No of all time. I was I was really dumbfounded by how boring the whole Enterprise was. Like, there's no action, and even the action has no action. I mean, it was just terrible from start to finish. But where it really went off the rails for me was when they have the scene where Bond goes and meets Blofeld in the hospital, and they do that whole Silence in the Lambs motif. And yeah. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Really? This is yeah. really? Well, why, do, why is it that modern screenwriting consistently comes back to everything has to be super tight and interconnected yeah. and everyone has to know everybody yeah. else or they were right. childhood buddies. I really or, hate that. Or yeah. everyone's a Skywalker or what? Like, why is everything, why can't we have Tom Clancy stories where a whole bunch of people are involved in a big event and they don't know each other. Yeah. The other one, you know? <laughs> why why do screen why do these these screenplays all have to revolve around uh a single madman bad guy out for revenge? It's been done to goddamn mm. death. The yeah. reason I loved Quantum of Solace so much is it was exactly a James Bond film. An organization out to make a lot of money does some dastardly shit. Only this time Instead of oil or gold, it's the water supply. It's like that's smart. That's just that's a Bond film. Yeah. But this is yet again another guy who's pissy because his parents got killed and goes on a lifelong quest to kill the people responsible. Yawn. Wrong movie. Yeah. It's just irritating, especially considering that the history of James Bond is that even though they're interconnected, at least through the first Ian Fleming books and stories, they still manage to keep everything separate. Until you get to like yeah. diamonds are forever, and then they start bleeding in some sort of through line. But at that point, it's like whatever. Well, 
doesn't doesn't was it what's his name Seferin or whatever I don't know what his friggin' name is uh, Freddie Mercury doesn't he kill like all of Spectre in this like in one master stroke or some junk close yeah it's Mostly, like that yeah that party in Cuba so yeah so there's yeah so so there's your big shadowy organization killable in one stroke yeah. Ooh. Yeah. oh guess they weren't that big a deal yeah. Uh, you know, it was just so just, irritating. And then by the end, when they kill him, I know there's it's supposed to be some sort of like, oh my god, moment for Bond fans, but I literally did not care. I was like, I'm I'm glad I, they killed what him. What do you bet? Yeah, at, does it say James Bond will return at the end of the credits? I didn't stick around, but I bet it does. Oh, I, don't I bet know. we just killed James Bond. James Bond will return, is how yeah. that movie ends. Oh, and kind of who cares? You yeah. know, I in, in a way, I was almost like, I hope they just stop. I really hope they just stop. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's well, a, it's akin to the whole Doctor Who thing. It's like, at this stage, they've announced the new Doctor Who, and it's like, who cares? Like, why do you give a shit anymore? It's just more bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't care who plays what. Uh, they can bring Idris Elba in for all I care, even though he's maybe a little too long in the tooth now. I just you know, don't care. If 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 the producers of film and television were capable of making something original, like regularly we wouldn't have all these reboots they wouldn't be necessary because we'd have something new and awesome all the time james bond wouldn't be able to compete with the other five new ideas that are out there but the problem is there's nobody fucking doing that i would argue that james bond hasn't been competing with anything recent for decades now yeah right james bond is kind of over guys it's 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 run its course it's oh done. no! I mean, I mean, it hasn't been competing with anything because they haven't been making anything new. It's all been no. I know. I know. Star Wars or Star well, Trek or I. Th- I think you know, what Doc- it bought- well, Doctor Who was actually kind of an interesting reboot when it first came out. Yeah. Like, you know, but but then the it's sort of zeros. But I would argue, Eric, that on your thesis, it's not the movies. I think it's just the marketing departments have gotten fucking lazy. They don't know how to market anything new effectively so they just fall back on the established ips and then kind of just lazily go oh you remember you this one well now it's this one but it's still that i mean it's that's really you don't all think it's doing. producers who say oh we're not interested in doing something we haven't heard of before we well, only I mean, want to do something we've heard of before well i mean producers obviously are inherently lazy in that they don't want anything that's not a surefire money maker so i can see the appeal mm-hmm. for that but the fact that they have these marketing departments that used to be able to go out and sell stuff like Star Wars before anybody knew what Star Wars was. I mean, that's just gone. I don't see that happening anymore. Now it's just like, oh, it's it's the yeah. 30th well, Marvel well, no, we do see We do see people trying to launch their new cinematic universes every now and then. Ugh. Like, that happens, but they're always coming at it from the perspective of you know, part one of a never-ending corporate juggernaut yeah. coming to this summer to you don't care, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, but anyway, yeah. and the idea that it has to be a a a universe—it's like make something interesting first. You know, let's start there. Let's make a good movie. The idea yeah. that you're going to say, "Oh, we're going to start the Universal Monsters like cinematic universe," and we're going to launch mm-hmm. it with a film so shitty we don't do a second one—that's that's just galling. Yeah. There's it's, nothing good being made anymore. It, actually, that's not true. If there is, it's going straight to streaming as a television show because they have the deep pockets to make mistakes if they want to. Yeah. I, I will submit that there's no more. 
there's <laughs> there's still room for th- for some things like everywhere everything everywhere all at once got made i'll just you know yeah there there's are, your are, exception that proves the rule but it's that's an an inexpensive film that came out of you know a different production chain i get it yeah yeah anyway i, I, I file films like that under accidents will happen yes yeah. <laughs> yeah especially since they all right any other fresh shit <laughs> yeah. for this episode eric not me i just want to talk about all right that. So right. I'm surprised you didn't watch Batman v Superman again and then crow about how wonderful it was. Because <laughs> that seems I to be your too. I know that seems to be your illness go to. You know, it wasn't so yeah. bad. Although I was, you know, I have in this a great dream. thing where I will stay up for like 48 hours because of like gripping insomnia, and then I'll watch a film I've never seen before that I know is shit, and I'll come out of it thinking it's pure gint. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and, and jump in here. Um, Roll it. I've got I've got a a big piece of a big cinematic universe and it's Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, I don't care. Um, I wish I could care, but I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. So here here's the thing about Thor: Love and Thunder. I mean, first of all, it follows Thor: Ragnarok, which is arguably one of the absolute most entertaining Marvel movies there is. That's like pinnacle Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's lightning in a bottle, and this movie proves it. Uh, I think your biggest problem with with Thor: Love and Thunder is that this is an attempt to make another movie like Ragnarok, but without Loki, without Hela, without the Hulk, <laughs> without Jeff Goldblum. Um, and boy, were they what made that other movie work? Yeah. Because uh, what's left is not that. Uh, well, the f- <laughs> the fact that there's no Loki is astonishing because it's it's honestly. That I think is the key. You can't have a Thor movie without Hiddleston. It just wouldn't be any good. I can't imagine how. So, you know this this movie is this movie is good in places, but it doesn't hold together. Uh, Christian Bale is actually pretty good as the villain, Batman. although th- this is another case where the villain is right. Right, where the the villain is basically like. His whole deal is his, the gods don't give a shit about us. In fact, they, they think that we suck, and uh, all, all gods, therefore, are... He's like the ultimate atheist out to kill all gods. And no god who appears in this movie, Thor included, counters his argument, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, that's cool. <laughs> do they make any, um, like, backdoor Moon Knight references? Um... Gosh, was there any Egyptian god reference? No, I mean, we're too busy with, like, Zeus. Okay. Um, played by Russell Crowe, um, which is just this big, dumb cameo. I mean, it's a fun movie. It's, it's... Uh, I don't know where I'd put it in the Marvel pantheon. You know, it's better than, what, Captain Marvel or something. I guess, but... Uh, but it it does not you know coming off of Ragnarok it it does not live up to expectations that much I'll say well again with the the new this phase four or whatever they're in now I just have to question why they're even making these things anymore because it's just you know the first three phases they had that through line it was all leading up to the big showdown with Thanos and Endgame and now it's just like they're making them because they kind of just have to I mean that's what it feels like because I saw Doctor Strange I, in the it, in the Multiverse of Madness recently and it just it was terrible. 
it was so terrible and such fan servicey bullshit that I'm like, I don't understand why anybody makes this stuff anymore and why anybody goes. I really don't. It's a relay race that's winding down. You ever, you, <laughs> that's, you, that's the way yeah, I keep yeah. thinking about it. It's like, it's like every runner has to make a certain time and every one that comes up short hurts the overall thing. It's like, even if one of these movies does well, like a Spider-Man, the rest of them are, are so tired and slowed down that it's like, yeah. no, this isn't happening. It's winding down. Okay. But you were entertained, Brian, is what you're saying. I was entertained, you know, it's, it's, it's a big, dumb summer movie, right? But it just, yeah, it, again, it just feels inessential in a way that all this Phase 4 stuff has. It's, it, phase 4, as far as I can tell, is just them saying, well, before everybody completely checks out, let's throw all of our IP <laughs> yeah, at the really? wall and see if we have another hit. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that makes right? Sense. Okay. I'm just waiting for the, like, the... Great Lakes Avengers or something to get their own movie. I think that would be funny. That would be the ultimate nail in the coffin at that point. But you know, the Canadian Avengers. <laughs> yeah, really. yes. yeah. I like the idea. Um, I like the. I want to see, and I like the idea of Ms. Marvel in that we're going to dial it all completely down. You know, we're going to. Okay, gonna so I, I wasn't going to bring it. Yeah, go. But I did. I did watch the first episode of Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. and I got to say, you know. From the commercials, it looks like a full-on, like, oh, geez, this is the Disney Channel version of, of a Marvel thing. But actually, I got to say, it's, it's energized, it's got a perspective, it's, it's charming in its way. It's a, it's a total Gen Z Marvel thing. Okay. Um, but, but the way they visualize her overly active imagination and just the camera work and the compositing, it's got its own visual language uh, that Marvel movies are generally not allowed to have. And, you know, I've only seen one episode, but yeah, so far so good. Okay. You know, again, it's not going to change the universe, but... Right. At least it's an original take. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it just to see if I'm right or not, but yeah, it's different. It's not another, like, basically white dude with whom something happened that makes him awesome <laughs> no no this is a this yeah. is a pakistani girl with pakistani girl problems yeah. um yeah check out it, the mother like the overly protective mother is great um check out the first episode see what you make of it i guess if you have Disney anyway uh, uh chris fresh it uh yeah i'll jump on the other bandwagon of late and uh because i know you guys probably don't watch it uh and i probably won't continue after this season but uh stranger things season four dropped recently i'm a couple episodes in i'm about three episodes in uh, on that yeah. and it's uh it's it's the lethal weapon four of the stranger things universe i gotta say yeah just, there's <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no reason for it to exist other than they just you know decided they wanted to make a fourth one. Uh, it doesn't really add anything. Uh, it's just sort of there, and it's just got way too many through lines on story. It's they 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 Empire Strikes Back them. They they basically bust up the gang, so part of them are still in Hawkins dealing with the nonsense, and part of them are in California with Eleven dealing with her nonsense and then part of them are doing a whole rescue mission for hopper in russia because at the end of the third season he got zapped through a portal to russia uh, couldn't he have just died yeah Ugh. exactly anyway and so they they really ramp up 
the motifs because you know Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers like to do callbacks. Winky, winky. Well, they're basically remaking every '80s horror movie, but as a Stranger Thing episode. Yeah. Well, they're leaning right? They're leaning hard into this, Nightmare on Elm Street. This for was sure. their Nightmare on Elm Street season. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, there's Carrie references yeah. and stuff too, but but, it, but yeah, but it but it's so heavy-handed because they couple it with uh, the continuance of the aliens motif. Uh, there's a lot of that, and then Goonies. That's still one of the prevalent flow-throughs uh, for this thing. It's like the kids doing their little adventure to find the Goo Ga treasure or whatever. But in this case, they're they're trying to kill the the big bad in the Upside Down. Uh, and I don't want to give much away for you, so, but so they're just aimlessly ambling, is what you're it's saying. Basically, yeah, and it's just yeah. Oh, it's so ah, it just doesn't make any sense. So, and it's it's the the grisliest season so far, but it's also the one that's filled with so much just useless levity and humor to kind of deflate that, I guess. And so it just it doesn't gel. None of it gels, and it's just sort of a, a big flat dud. Here, here's the thing I noticed is that Millie Bobby Brown is pulling Winona Ryder faces. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. watch her in the school scenes and everything she's doing with her eyes and her face uh-huh. is like, oh, yeah. you're trying to be Winona Ryder. Yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. But there is, there is a strange sort of like vertical of actresses that starts with the Winona Ryder yeah. and, and continues with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jane Foster from that Thor movie. And, yeah. yeah, it's like they're they're all sort of mm. the same kind of. Uh, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just I, just I don't stopped know. Stop caring about what I was talking about while I was talking. I mean, it, and it just keeps going, and they've left it open ended because they're going to do a season five, and by that time the kids are all going to look like thirty five, and so it's just going to be even stranger. <laughs> but it's just ah, I don't know. And then the and then this whole thing with Kate Bush getting the the hardcore needle drop with running up that hill. And she's made like $2 million now because it charted again. I mean, it's just so weird that so many kids from like Gen Z or whatever just don't know some of these references. And so to them, it's all brand well, new. And it's like, what? I mean, I saw some people responding to that online. It's like, you know what, guys, don't judge. You got your musical taste, you know, in punk from Tony Hawk, you know, or <laughs> Or something I mean, like that, you know. Just. I guess, but you know, it's just. Yeah. But now they're the whole thing with the Master of Puppets from Metallica getting a boost because that's part of the big uh, finale with the Eddie Munson character. But it's like as someone pointed out online. So, so in the universe of Stranger Things, where this takes place in 1986, it's like April 86. So Master of Puppets actually came out in March of 86. So in that month, <laughs> Eddie Munson learned the entire song. And didn't miss a note <laughs> when well, he plays it. To be it fair, if you were that into Metallica in 1986, you might be that obsessed. I guess, but, but I mean, anyway. but he's not, plus but he's he had not, all that time while he was on the run. Yeah, playing D and D and whatever. But it's like, yeah, there's no tablature books that you can buy a month after the album gets released. I mean, it's like, and there's no internet, so it's like all this stuff where they just do it, just I guess to to do it because it's cool. But it's just that come on. that show is. That show is just a fun waste of time. I mean, I find it inoffensive yeah. and I don't care. But it's like, yeah, to say that it's a great show, no, it's not. But I mean, it's, it's that dumb show that everyone's into that we used to have when we had uh, commercial television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, it's... That's the real value of it, is that everyone else is watching it, and you yeah. have a common reference point. Yeah. Yeah, when they when I saw a Domino's commercial that tied in Stranger Things in a way like everyone else knows what Stranger <laughs> yeah. Things is, I was like, ah, right? yes, yeah, <laughs> we finally have something we can all sort of yeah. refer to. It's just I don't know. Like I said, it's it's the Lethal Weapon four of the series. It just doesn't really have any point to exist other than they want to continue doing but it. Let me ask you though, do you think any of the other Lethal Weapon threes in this analogy were any good? I mean. I think it's as good as any of those other seasons that I never cared about either. I don't know. I think I, the first season what hit better, but maybe it was the novelty of it. Yeah. It was, you know, it was the adherence to the nostalgia factor and the tales from the dark side and the Stephen King font yeah. and the just the fact just that they sort were of the still pastiche. actually children, right? Yeah, that and, too. You know, yeah. My God, they don't look like children at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, Millie Bobby Brown looks like she's forty. When they do interviews with her, it's so weird. But uh, but I don't know. The, I liked the third season. I thought it was fun. It, it was very uh, knowing on their end. I think they understood what they had, which was this weird behemoth of a show that everybody was just watching. And they had fun with that sort of motif. So to me, that was sort of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's a lot of winky, winky nods at sh- the, you know the shorthand for why people like it and they just had some fun with the characterizations i thought it went out on a high note but now to bring it back with all these like threads it's just sort of lazy storytelling where they you know they bring back matthew modine's character just randomly as a throwback and so it's sort of like they're jumping the shark in major ways and then you've got argyle who's the stoner pal uh in california and he's he's literally there for comic relief he doesn't add anything to the story and it's just sort of like so we just needed to throw some Cheech and Chong references in there because he smokes weed. It's like, God, this is lazy. No, stop. Just stop. <laughs> Our demographic says that half of the people who are watching, you know, our, our, I'm sorry, our, our algorithm tells us yeah. that half yeah. the people watching Stranger Things are stoned out of their friggin' brains, yeah. so let's give them a dude. It's just, yeah, yeah. anyway. But, but the fact that they felt like they had to go in and explain, explicitly explain why the un- Upside Down exists uh, through the course of this season. Oh, they they, they bother to do that yeah. because oh, yeah. that's like the one thing they could have done by it's, season yeah, one. Yeah. It's startling <laughs> actually how it how it like came about and it makes me think that's it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, just <coughs> and it's and the fact that it's sort of like Army of Darkness uh the way they set it up. I mean it's just yeah, it's just it it's the needle drops are getting irritating and I'm just kind of tired of it. So it, it was a very big meh for me. I just don't care. <gasps> the thing is, season five will come s- out, and I'll be like, I guess eh. the thing is, they are like slowly building bit by bit to explaining the whole thing because they explain the upside down. They don't explain the presence, the whatever behind what made it pop. Like right. the upside down happens because of our antagonist for this season, yeah. but we still don't understand why our antagonist for this season became. Yeah, right. It's just eh. so. I don't know. It's it was a big fat meh, sort of like uh, like apparently you felt for love Thor Love and Thunder, Brian. It's just Thor Love and Thunder is definitely a shark jump. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a shark jump. So uh, I just wish series would know when to quit while they're ahead, so that they don't dilute their their magic. But whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So that's along how- the same lines. I got to tell you something. I went to McDonald's this week, and it was a very standard to sub bar hamburger. 
that I I'm had. so sorry. It was not up to uh, <laughs> it was not up to the level of hamburger I come to expect, and certainly McDonald's is just mailing it in now. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. I'm so sorry that your experience was not that good. Have you uh, oh. have you submitted your comment card to the management? Karen, <laughs> no, I'm I'm talking so, about it in my fresh shit. Yeah, yes, I I get it, uh, I get it. Yeah, basically, all of our fresh shit's been sitting in the pass through for too long, and it's not so fresh. Boom. Okay, that's why we <laughs> call it shit, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was my thin concept for an idea. Um, it's it's a a a a new term I'm trying to coin called whippets. Uh, whippet bands bands that have one song it's they're not one hit wonders because these are bands with like huge followings with long histories and careers that are completely overshadowed by one goddamn song right and the mm-hmm. name of which comes from devo's song whippet because they've been around forever they're fucking awesome uh, and yet if you are not familiar with the oeuvre of devo you you can know who they are by having somebody just say, "Oh, they're that band that does whip it." Yeah, that's all. That's all for a lot of yeah. people they'll ever be is that band that does whip it. Yeah, and even uh, though they've got a, which is like one like of the worst Devo songs. I mean, <laughs> I I like it, but it's the least, uh, um, I guess, uh, like any of their other songs. It's like yeah, okay, uh, okay. Radiohead, Radiohead has a whip it in Creep. Creep doesn't sound like any of their other songs. They go so artistically overboard in a different direction, but they've got this one song that is so that moment. Mm. Okay. Well, I think I think what it gets to uh, is that yeah, the the songs that they're known for seem to be like the lowest common denominator KTEL top hit single, right? Uh, like with with Radiohead, like Creep, like everybody and their mother knows Creep, but if you're a Radiohead fan, you would lean towards more stuff like off of the Benz, or you would take like Paranoid Android or some shit like that, or even Kid A. Right. Like you have to be a fan of the band or artist to actually go no. This is not their defining song, and then you can have that argument. But just Joe yeah. Schmo off the street, who goes to the concert because they want to hear the hit, that's that's what we're. I think how I understood it is that that's the right. one that everybody and meanwhile, knows. Right. Meanwhile, that that song itself has like come out of the movie scream, like Broadway, like like uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, and become its own living entity. Right. There are there are hundreds of covers of creep you know creep itself is its own almost it's like a jazz standard now yeah and the fact that radiohead did it is almost an aside which maybe for them is a good thing they can get on with the rest of their careers but oh my god that you know what that means it means that kate bush just became a whippet band (laughs) yes kinda yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of covers of running up that hill yeah uh, that were around the last few years as well, but but I would have said yeah. it, it was I would have said it was her whip it anyway. I can't really think of yeah, fair well, except for that duet with uh uh, uh Peter, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Don't give up. Don't give up. 
Yeah. Like, and the, you know, uh, in England, they would have been like <laughs> Wuthering Heights and, and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, okay, Kate Bush. Kate Bush, she's that's, a whippet. But that's another thing. It's it's also, I think, geographic. We were we were talking about this when we were in the setup for the show. Oh yeah. There are some bands that have a huge following elsewhere. Yeah. I can't think of another Motorhead song other than Ace of Spades, but I bet that in England, a lot of people know other Motorhead songs. Oh, yeah. Or Metalheads in general. Yeah. And again, that's you have to be right. a fan of that particular artist or genres, really, to, to get pedantic about yeah. it. I mean, it's just... But yeah, that's, that's literally like... I remember one time went to a Echo and the Bunnymen show, and this was like 15 years ago. Uh, so it was like well past their prime, but it's still Echo and the Bunnymen. And everybody was just there, like college kids and whatnot, like frat bros, to hear Killing Moon because of Donnie Darko. And it's like he, he yeah. they, yeah. they played Killing Moon and then like the theater, it was like a bar or whatever, uh, like just like left. Everybody just went home. <laughs> so it was all the people that actually came to see Echo and the Bunnymen, which was like a third of the crowd were actually listening to the rest of the set. And that's what I envision mm. when I hear Whippet bands. It's like the diehards are there for the music, but the jackholes are there to hear the single, and then they're gone. So well, that was what was so fun about watching Devo at Cruel World was they got to Whippet fairly early on, yeah. right? And then they just proceeded to go further and further back in their catalog to the point where by the end of the show, you know, they're doing Mongoloid and Secret Agent Man <laughs> and shit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wonder, you know, I guess it's the sign of, of the best version of this, where if that's the set you play, those people don't leave the bar, that you've got them on the hook, and then you can drag them all exactly. the way down your rabbit hole, exactly. right? Like that, or they say to the people who only know that one song, okay, here it is, you ready, you good? Okay, go get yeah. your, your beer now, the rest of us want to hear the, 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 the other song. <laughs> well, it seems to me like yeah. one of the... One of the prime examples of this, and, you know, hear me out and argue the, the alternative if you want, uh, like New Order, a huge band from the 80s, early 90s, but most people are only going to know them for Blue Monday, right or wrong. You yeah. agree? So, I, no. I would, I would say yes, except that then that, uh, what's that song from Respect? Bizarre Love Triangle. But do, but do, uh, is, is. I could call my own. But that's what I'm saying is that they have they have hits, but I think Joe Schmo off the street who didn't absorb New Order in any way, shape, or form is only going to know Blue Monday because that's the one they play all the time on the radio. But that that well, that was my point about I, that's why I didn't put New Order on my list was because I could think of several songs that are New Order's Whip It. Right. right, like I say, Blue Monday is one. Bizarre Love Triangle is one. Um, Shell Shock from because you watched uh, Pretty in Pink is one. There's like everybody. You know, there's a large number of people out there who probably know one New Order song, right. but it's different songs. Yeah, so yeah. That's you, another thing is that you can only have one of these and be a whippet band. Like uh, I would say, I almost was going to say that uh, the Beastie Boys, you got to fight. Uh, which is now for your right to party is their whip it except then they also have intergalactic and sabotage Sabotage. these like huge songs that like depending on which uh you know decade you come to them from is a whip it song except you know then they have more of them so 
Well, let me ask you they, this. They're thing. weird at like creating sort of songs that outdefine their band. You know? Right. Well, it's it's like Beastie so, Boys is more like songs that define which era you're listening to them from. That's their weird magic trick is that they redefine yeah. every time they put on an album, which is just odd. But to me, the best version of a Whippet band is the one where the only the big hit comes to mind, but then you hear the rest and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that song. Oh, that, I mean, okay, so uh, Flock of Seagulls, I think is a good example of this, right? Everyone, Flock of Seagulls, oh, I ran. And like, that's their Whippet. Yeah. But like, you go watch them play and every other song they play, I guarantee you probably can sing the chorus. Or at least a few. <laughs> um... Yeah, they, you know, they, they've got quite a few, actually. Well, I would argue that um, along those lines, that's something like Nirvana as well. Like, Smells Like Teen Spirit, the big boffo breakout song. But, I mean, they've got a, a catalog of songs that most people know, but you don't think of when you hear that. So, yeah, I would, I would say it's Flock of Seagulls is definitely Iran. But then you start going, oh, they did all of that other shit. Holy crap. I, yeah. I think Heart Shaped Box was a big enough hit. I think um, a couple of the other tracks off of Nevermind were big enough hits that it's hard for me to put Nirvana in that category. Right. Um, yeah, I think one, maybe one of the prerequisites of a Whippet band is that part of you goes, wait a minute, who are they? <laughs> you know, it's like they, they're not oh. big enough on their own to be known, I think. Uh, well, do you, you, know, do you tell think... Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Do you think that could be a generational thing as well? Because I think of stuff like uh, songs they play in arenas during sporting events, like when there's no play, and you get stuff oh, like rock. Okay. You get stuff like Rock and Roll Part Two, which is Gary. That's a great Which example. is Gary Glitter, but that's literally all people are gonna know. But if you listen or are from that time, you're gonna know Gary Glitter from other stuff. Over the generations, that's the one that gets distilled down to the defining song. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Fair Jefferson enough. Airplane or Jefferson Airplane or Jefferson Starship, yeah. right? Every, everyone our age White knows Rabbit. White Rabbit, yeah. but do we know any others? I guess somebody to love was you know, but but yeah, you're right. If you weren't we there, built this city on rock and roll. <laughs> that's just Starship, bro. <laughs> that's not even Jefferson. But I think I think it's part of the same thing of you know, some of it is geography. Some right. of it's temporal geography, too. Right. If you're not there during the time, yeah, you're probably not going to get it. Well, and we had this discussion through the chat room, but Blur, I think, is a big example of that. Because, oh, totally. Because in America, it's the like... The Woohoo song. Yeah, song number two, the Woohoo song, uh, is literally the one that gets played ad nauseum. But when they came out, I mean, they even hit with There's No Other Way back in 91. Uh, was Oh, you're right. And then Girls and Boys... And etc. But then they sort of turned inward to their UK roots because nobody in America was listening to them. Uh, but I just remember when "There's No Other Way" came out, and we were we would joke around like, "There's no other words. There's no other words. Oh, no other words. Oh. <laughs> yeah."
But it was a fair hit. I mean, it went up to like number five on the charts in the States, but nobody remembers them for anything here except song number two because of that stupid woohoo bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so strange. Um, the the no, temporal... The temporal disconnect, I think, is actually kind of the thesis statement of the movie The Sparks Brothers about Sparks. Right. Depending on when you noticed the Sparks, they were a Whippet band, but maybe it was because of this town isn't big enough for both of us. Right. Or maybe it was because of something, you know, like upstairs, or maybe it was when do I get to sing my way, right. and it's like a totally different Sparks. Yeah. So, the, yeah. the problem with Sparks being a Whippet band is, one, they don't have any one song that yeah, defines them. All their songs are completely yeah. different. But can you? Yeah. I, if you went on the out on the street and said, you know, do you, here's this song, you know, by Sparks, they'd go, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Dude. Sparks. There is like Who? no one. Yeah. Who? <laughs> uh, That's fair. That's fair. Maybe I'm being too eclectic. Well, they're yeah. they're they're sort of like if they had had they're a band prime as a prime example as a whippet band if they had ever had a whippet because they have this huge history and uh following but they don't have that one hit that is bigger than them yeah they're bigger than their songs versus the songs being yeah bigger than them oh yeah okay okay i like that uh which is yeah and this when you get through some of the obvious stuff that this becomes a little bit harder to define because one of the things i thought of immediately almost immediately was uh the breeders and cannonball like that's their huge Whip it song. I mean, everybody, like, yeah. everybody knows Cannibal, but if you listen to the Breeders at all, you're like, well, no, because you've got stuff like Saints and Driving on Nine and la la la. So it's just, again, one of those things. It's like if you are just jerk off top forty radio listener, you're gonna know the hit. But you're not gonna well, delve, you know what I mean? Okay, that's but that, the point. that that, that is, the point. is almost a one-hit wonder and not a whippet band, right? Like that. I don't know of any other breeder song that broke through, but there's a bunch of Devo songs that were minor hits. There's a, you know, there's a. Well, I'm not sure if breeders are making the cut for me here. The way, yeah, like Blurred does. Well, you got to tell me. Did the breeders have a following? Did they have? Like a number of albums. What was the history of the Breeders? Uh, well, it started with Pod when they had sort of Tanya Donnelly uh, got together with Kim Deal, and then they did like an indie college rock thing. But then they did Cannonball off of Last Splash, and that's the one that just shot them. And so they've got a few hits, minor hits, but still charted uh, from that. And then they sort of just become this college rock band. But it's one of those things, it's like everybody knows Cannonball, but unless you're a Breeders fan, you're not going to know the rest. That's sort of how my thought process works See, through this. See, I'm, uh, I'm going to say the Pixies are closer to be a, being a Whippet band than the Breeders in that there are a bunch of other Pixies songs that everyone, when they hear them, are like, oh yeah, right, yeah, but that, that one too. But where I have trouble is I can't think of the one defining Pixies song being a Pixies fan, yeah. and it also depends on when you hear them. Like, everybody knows Wave of Mutilation uh, but also, yeah, I would have said "Here Comes Your Man" or "Monkey Gone to Heaven" would have been the that's one. Of I think if the the right, big uh, one, but I think right. if you started early, and they yeah. are all those those songs are all of the same like relative like you know amount of I guess fame you know, but they yeah. don't they they're it's not like you can know those songs and not know it's the Pixies right in much that's the fair. way you 
You can hear Whip It in a, uh, a Martin Scorsese movie and know that song without having any idea who Devo is. Right. So it's, it's a weird one. So, so then um, my, the, the, uh, the first one that comes to mind on this topic for me, and, and maybe you'll tell me this is a one-hit wonder, is Aha no, and Take On Me. They've got a couple of... Take On Me know. transcends that band. Yeah, they've got a couple. Yep, they have a huge following. Yeah. And, yeah. and I will say this, that uh, any band that does a Bond theme... That takes them out of the realm of one-hit wonders. They're like the broccolis. Look nobody, at them. nobody, no, nobody remembers that Bond. That's theme, one of my except favorites. For, like weirdos like That's us. That's one of my favorites. So, well, yeah, Bond fans. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like fans of their the, the Bond themes would. I guess that that's a whole other subgenre. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, but uh, but no, I, I would. Say, I don't know. I I would. I, I I think I think you're right. I think Aha definitely that is that is most assuredly their whippet because yeah. they have a whole career behind them, and in in England and in Sweden, and that but, is still their defining song. But where it gets weird yeah. is that the song is actually given a life of its own because of the cool video. And so that's a whole other spiral off uh, from that. Because I don't think that song would have become as big a hit in the States were it not for that cool video. So it's just, you know, there's so much that has to go into the lightning in the bottle aspect of these things, which is so weird. But I like Aha that you bring it up because Aha is in the movie Tape Heads doing a cover of Devo's Baby Doll. <laughs> <laughs> so it like becomes this weird snake eating its own tail kind of a thing. So it's, you know, it's fun. Wait a minute, isn't that... But isn't that actually Devo doing Baby Doll? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think he's saying "Aha, we're the actors." I didn't. Were they? I think. I just thought it was just some random. No, actors. they were like they were d- designed to be Aha, doing the stupid video. Oh, okay. so the whole thing kind of. But it was definitely at least Mark Mothersbro doing yeah. a. Oh yeah, no, it was Baby Doll. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was yeah, Cube Square. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was Devo. Yeah. Oh God, that movie is so genius! Please go see Tape Heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I had trouble thinking back beyond the past the eighties when I was trying to come up with some of these though. Did you guys have that similar problem? Like I'm thinking bands in the seventies, like, like are there bands like this? But it's just, it becomes this very weird. Oh, Blue Oyster That was one I thought of because everybody knows Don't Fear the Reaper, but you know, they've got Godzilla and et cetera. I thought of an unlikely one, but I think I'm right. Okay. And, okay. and 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 I'm probably wrong, but Led Zeppelin's "Stairway to Heaven," "Stairway," you know, it's like Ooh, it, that. That song one. is so goddamn enormous. And yeah, Led Zeppelin have had hits. They had a number of hits. But yeah, that's but clearly... somehow "Stairway" has its own life. Yeah, I I'm in Arizona, and I come from the land of the lead and the Zeppelin, and and I can tell you that "Immigrant Song" gets played way the hell more than "Stairway." Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, Eric, you had brought up, uh, or maybe I'm just imagining this. You had mentioned Steely Dan, uh, as an example of this. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had thought because, you know, uh, but then they have, uh, Ricky don't lose that number. Yeah. And, uh, they hadn't, but they had another one, but it's like, they're all the relatively like the same size. Yeah. You know, true. I don't, I'm like, I'm not sure that, uh. If if you the, the Ricky don't lose that number band isn't exactly defined. <laughs> it's true. Maybe they, maybe yeah. they're just past their prime. Maybe they're not even maybe. pop culture anymore, and that's the problem. I mean, it's yeah, that's <laughs> like you're you're getting into like air supply territory. It's like oh, the all out of love band. Okay, oh, I got yeah. you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
um, I, I, I can't get out of the 80s on this one, but this one was, and I think, again, this is a geographical thing, but Simple Minds is the Don't You Forget About Me band. Yeah. Because of the movie. Yeah. 100%. Because of the fucking movie. Yeah. Breakfast Club. And for the same reason, OMD is the If You Leave band. Yeah. John Hughes did a, a lot for uh, certain UK bands that uh, yeah. probably wouldn't have the same amount of cachet here uh, had they not been in one of his flicks. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that's that's kind of the the, the maybe that's the definition for a, a whippet band is that they would have been one hit wonders if they had nothing else to bring to the table. Yeah. But they do. Yeah. They're not yeah. like Nickelback or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Nickelback was actually I was I was going to seriously consider bringing Nickelback <laughs> yeah, right? just to see what you did. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have. OK. I'm not going to do as many drops in this episode as I usually do because I'm getting tired of drops, but um, but I'm going to drop this because I have an MP3 from back in the early one, 2000s of two Nickelback songs, one on the left channel and one on the right channel, and they align perfectly. Because <laughs> it's and... just the same song. <laughs> Listen to the show and you'll hear the clip. And you also, I think you had brought up too, Brian, uh, and I think this is a very solid example because it's a huge influential band, but only the one song is really what they're known for for most folk, and that's Bauhaus with Bela Lugosi's Dead. I think that's yeah, that's like their huge hit, and like other people hear it and they're like, oh, Bauhaus, mm-hmm. and then another one of their songs come on and people are like. What the fuck is this i mean it's just a little too much for them i think because they're very much of their time didn't didn't you say love and rockets has the same problem that Love and Rockets has the, the, the one song. That's uh, a weird one, but I think it's uh, like their their eponymous album, Love and Rockets, came out in 89, and they've got So Alive. That was like their gangbusters hit, but it took them like 10 years to get to that. Yeah. But if you're a Love and Rockets fan, you know all of the other back catalogs, so it's sort of ill-defined for me. Like, I can, I can see how... But if you're not, yeah. then that's the only song you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, uh, my question is: Would people would people call them the So Alive band, or would people call them the No New Tale to Tell band? I think it depends on right, when you heard them. Honestly, I guess because uh, um, it's just they were getting a lot more airplay with So Alive, I think, than they were with No New Tale to Tell. So it's I think it just depends on when you catch them. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's just strange, very strange. But it's. It's a tough one because never been a fan of theirs. I, I, yeah, would not think of the "No New Tale to Tell" song because that song is so obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let let me ask you this, Brian. Uh, would Gary Newman count for this? Like, 
Is there anything other yes. than cars? Oh, yeah, cars. Yes, okay. totally. Yeah. But what else besides cars? Yeah. He's our friend's electric. Yeah. Uh, immediately uh, down in the park. Mind. Okay. Down in the park is probably his other, his second biggest one. But for the United States, yeah, he's definitely just the cars guy. Yeah. Yeah. No show. Uh, I wonder if some of these we can't see just because we know too much. Like, uh, is Adam <laughs> yeah. Ant just the goody two shoes guy? No. You know, he's we, got we know so a many ton of hits. Of hits. Yeah. We're way familiar with this catalog. But somebody else who just, you know, who has no idea, maybe that is the one song anyone would know of his. Yeah. It's a very weird bag. Well, yeah, I think that's fair because I think that if it, if it was. If the topic was starting with a different band, I think we would have a hard time putting Devo on this list because of our our deep knowledge of Devo. Yeah. And I think Adam Ant mm-hmm. kind of fits there. I mean, well, I'll, I'll go there. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like Madness would fit as well. Like everybody knows our house because it was the big breakthrough in America. Yeah. But I mean, they've got other hits. And one step beyond. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I would totally put them in the in the pile because that uh, our house song, besides being a defining hit, is fucking obnoxious. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, it's misleading. It makes you think that all their songs are maybe that horrible, but well, uh, well, I mean that's <laughs> like they've got way more. But if you look back at the early '80s, like the dawn of MTV, there are so many bands you can come up with that are, have that saddle around them. I mean, it's just that yoke. I mean, you get like uh, Human League, like Don't You Want Me. Like everybody knows that song, but it's one of their mm-hmm. their lesser songs as far as I'm concerned. But like no, like random people aren't going to know being boiled or any of that good like weird stuff that they do. So it's just a strange beast. But they've yeah. got a following, they've got a catalog of hits, but most people are only going to know that big one. So it's what are you going to do? Wow, D- has your rhythmics faded enough from the popular comp- consciousness that they fall into this category now? Ah. Uh, I think Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, these, I mean, that's definitely their signature tune. Yeah. Honestly. I don't... I mean, they had a lot of hits, but but I don't see anybody... I think that's the only one that sticks. Yeah. Tough to know. I think if you look back, like, say we're due a decade, like the 80s, like, greatest hits of the 80s, and you pick these bands, these are going to be their songs that are going to be on that album. Like, that's what I call 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to get the B-sides or the other hits. You're going to get, like, these defining breakout uh, boffo hits. That everybody knows but then you got you got like uh Susie and the banshees and that that spellbound was always the biggest song it's like oh, if she had had yeah, if she had had uh, uh, okay <laughs> fine or, or cities and um, dust i mean you know you yep. take your pick yeah. Take your pick. All right. I forgot about that horrible thing. Yeah. But my point being, like, if there were, like, a bunch of songs and they all faded away, except for the one, yeah, yeah actually, maybe that is a different way of uh, whip it being created. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, problem with, problem with the 70s whip it band is if you have, like, one big hit and you don't have another big hit, you get written off as a one-hit wonder and your career is ended by your label. Yeah. So... Maybe that's why we don't have a lot of them earlier than the eighties. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. and if if your songs are fading and you've and you've become a one hit wonder over time, then you look at those songs and you say, as they fade, yeah, kiss them for me, Eric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, I got a nineties one. I thought of a nineties one. Uh, Beck. Because no matter what Beck ever oh. does, 
I don't uh, know. He's a loser, baby. No, I mean it's that's the that uh, song got bigger than him. He had other hits, but he never had something that was so defining as uh, that uh, song. I don't that know. song has its own life. Devil's Haircut was a big one that came out after that, and I think that mm. pushed him off. Uh, I don't. I don't know if. I mean that I think Loser's I don't know that I think that Loser hasn't stuck. It's not that another song pushed it off, yeah. is that Loser hasn't like remained dominant the way yeah. D- uh, Whip it has. Like yeah, I don't yeah, I don't it's, I don't it's fading. I don't see Beck and immediately think, "Oh, he's the Loser guy." I mean, cuz I've listened to enough other Beck albums and songs. Right. So I think it just again depends on I guess on, he's had enough radio airplay. He's not the same as Devo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, Oasis. The Wonderwall band. I mean, that's literally the first thing I think of when I think Oasis. Even though they've got other hits and they're huge, I mean, that to me is their defining song. So First thing I think of when I think of Oasis, John, Paul, George, Ringo. <laughs> well, that too. Uh, so You know, steal from the best. That's what we do. We're Oasis, right? Yeah. Well, it's fucking crap, right? right? It's, fucking, <laughs> it's just bollocks. I can't even do the accent that, right now. That song... I, I think I said this uh, after the Alanis Morissette song, but it bears repeating. That song is one of those songs where you don't get to pick the songs of your generation, yeah. right? Like, there's songs we all know, but among them are, like, Ice Ice Baby and Baby Got Back and Wonderwall, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And if you're in a crowd and those songs start going, people know all the words. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just insanity is what it is. Uh, but uh, I tell you, the the toughest thing for me to come up with were like modern era bands, and I'm talking like yeah. 21st century. Like I I had a very hard time coming up with anything uh, in that perspective, and I think it's just because I don't really listen to a lot of new stuff, and if I do, it's really just very obscure indie nonsense. I don't listen to the big. So basically, we should be thinking in terms of what what do we think is a one hit wonder, and everybody else will tell us, "No, man, <laughs> yeah, that's a whippet band." You just don't yeah. know. Yeah. And again, it comes down to the problem. To, also, is yeah. that like all all music now is composed by those eight guys in Sweden. Yeah, so they all true. sound that's the same true. anyway. It's not like you're going to have a breakout different song. Well, like who was the chick that the I'm so fancy chick? You know, oh God, uh, yeah. Australian rapper uh, Z- Iggy like, Azalea. She's probably one Iggy of those. Iggy Azalea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably one of those. Well, at this point, like all I can think of, like, like there's bands like the White Stripes, which I know were huge and have hits, but they're always going to be known for Seven Nation Army because it's played at every fucking sporting yeah. event. Not ever. Fell in love with a girl. No, I think it fell in not love the with way the girl. Seven Nation, Seven Nation Army. Army is like just maybe a bigger hit, I, but. That's like the okay. If you, right. if, if you yeah, mention no, if you no, mention I, White Stripes to somebody, they're not going to start going. You know, they're not going to do the the fell in love with a girl. They're going to go dum 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 dum. That's literally the first yeah. thing that's going to pop in your head because it's drilled in there from sporting events I and arena shows. That means shows, they don't have a whippet then, because again, they've got a number of songs that could potentially be their one mm, whippet. Maybe it's yeah. And I think it, it's it's a weird topic, Eric, because at times it veers off into very ill-defined territory. It's because it suddenly becomes right. a very uh, perspective-oriented thing. It's like my version of and that may a whippet be, is not yours. That that yeah, that may be another rule for whippets, though. Is that like you know it when you know it? It's like there. It's only when it's obvious when you go ah yeah. Because there've been a couple we've mentioned where we just all go oh yeah yeah uh huh. 
and it's like very obvious something um, like the pixies can't count because yeah. we can think of an exception anytime yeah. you can you go or beck anytime you can think of a laudable exception right. it's like nah Nah. <laughs> well, like here's the, here's the. I think I've got one more that qualifies, and that's Wang Chung. Everybody, Wang Chung tonight. That is absolutely the song. Well, but then they do "To Live and Die in L.A." and uh, um, uh, Dance Club Days. Dance Ways. Yeah, yeah. They've got a bunch of good songs. Yeah, but but the yeah. song that everyone's gonna know is the one that has their band's name in it. You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that. Or I, I actually wonder. Yeah, I think it's funny you you say I I would have thought you would have mentioned uh, Men Without Men Hats, Hats, yeah, because they had that one song, and yet <sighs> apparently they put on you know an amazing live show and have a ton. They of stuff. do. I'm I'm struggling to to say that Men Without Hats aren't a one hit wonder. I know they had Pop Goes the World, yeah, but, but everybody knows kind of a one hit wonder. I really things. like them. Yeah, I really like them. I like their other stuff, but I don't think I can say that that's one of those where if you play a bunch of the okay. rest of their catalog, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that song. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or you could get into... Do they have any kind of Steely Dan-like following behind them? Or no. Or they just... I, that song that had that... what That band that had that one song and then went away. <laughs> play the hit. That's that's them. Everybody's I mean, like, yeah. They've got a new album that's great, but but... I mean, there's no hits, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, and I also have to wonder, too, it's like, uh, just to end on, on this thinking, because you have bands like The Clash, but most doofuses that don't listen to that kind of music are only going to know them for Should I Stay or Should I Go? But everybody knows... Oh, I would have said Rock the Casbah, well, that's so that's why I everybody, can't Clash. Well, that's what I say. Everybody knows The Clash has a, a just a shit ton of good songs and hits, but most jerk-offs on the street are just going to know it for like that one song. But then you go to bands like sex pistols. Like if I say sex pistols, what's the one song you immediately think of? The God save the queen. God yeah. save the queen. Yeah, exactly. And so that to me is sort of their defining, uh, song. And that's yeah. like, when you think of those bands, like you think of sex pistols, like you think of that yeah. attitude and whatever. So I would, I would lump them with that, even though, but whatever, but sex pistols, their problem is like they had they're like a one album wonder. Right, they were right. like thrown yeah. together and then they imploded. There's no real like following. It's more like everybody loves the snapshot of that moment yeah. that happened. Well, I mean, but they didn't like go on to make anything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just Nirvana. Maybe PIL. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But when I think PIL, I think of a, 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 not a bunch of different songs. Though I can't think of their defining. No, Rise is the hit. It is Rise, <laughs> and then they have others that you've heard. Okay. All right. A very uh, elusive. So, yeah, in the end, I think we all agree that uh, uh, Elvis wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> nope. He was a hero <laughs> to most. Right? I don't know. He was he was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. I'll just say that. I yeah. I would say uh, go listen to some Devo people. Seriously, do it. Like get beyond the whip it and get into Devo. Yeah. And you young children out there, you know, who are like thirty, uh, <laughs> who are into music past two thousand, please let us know if because I'm sure there's like some bands out there that have huge followings, and yet there's this one song we all know that's them. But god damn it, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know that one Lizzo song that is bigger than her, you yeah. know. Or uh, uh or there's a band called 21 Pilots that I assume has songs that people know. 
But, oh, they've got lots but of But I have yeah. no idea. I could hear a song on the radio. I'd be like, I don't know who this is. So, yeah. School us. Yeah. Or a band like 30 Seconds to Mars, who's only known for Jared Leto. That's not the same thing. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> that ain't music. <laughs> In the meantime, anyway. uh, give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Smash that like Just button. Smash it. Uh, you know, we don't have commercials. Not because uh, we can't get commercial sponsorship, but because we love you. So for that, all we ask is a like. Uh, and a share. So like us. Share us. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. Brian, you want to give them the lowdown? Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you want to contact us, just go to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, and you'll find links to all of the ways you can reach us on the socials. You can find our Twitter, at maghuge. You can find our Facebook and our Instagram. You can find a link to email us, magnificentlyhuge, at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>